Hi, and cheerio! Welcome to Uber Cinco. We've got a wonderful presentation for you today. If you're returning to the den, then wave your hellos to Bizbear. And if you're here for your inaugural voyage, then come with me, and I'll introduce you to the world of Uber Cinco, where we deep dive top fives. Our contestants will reveal and defend their top five non-leading thespians of the silver screen. I'm Mitch Brinkman, your host for today, and squaring off in our match, he's a returning champion. It's Brian, Imperial Pints Don't Get Me Drunk, Ernst. Say hello, Brian. Hello, hello. Thank you for inviting me back. Oh, so glad to have you back. Cheerio, what a fine chap you are. And a special <laughs> guest, the brave man, whose friendly knows no bounds, the troubadour of whiskey, Mitch, I've got some money to spend. Country. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Glorious welcome. <laughs> and with that, let's wake you out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stereo. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Stare Down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. Okay, and yes, I want to inform our loyal listeners that our normal player, Nathan Hennifant, is on leave. He sent a messenger hound this morning uh, to my cottage saying, with a half-chewed note detailing his horrendous case of the drink-about. So once he's through to the other side of that cheeky little illness, we shall welcome him back. And please, please do stay past intermission. I understand my uh, accent has been changing all the way, of course, until the end of the show, when I will dispense my Fast Five send-off, where I'll wet your thirst with my Fast Five Depression-era cocktails for our depressive times. <laughs> now as host... I'm entitled to institute a house rule, which, today's game, it will be this. I hope you boned up or have an immense guessing brain, because I'll be popping up with a short pop quiz about the actors and actresses you list today. The first person to answer correctly will get a point, but if no one gets it correct, you will both lose a point. Good luck, gentlemen. Brian! You appeared to me in my dreams last night, but in that dream you denied me a fourth cookie, so for that, you will go second. Mitch Conti, please lead us off with your number five. You cannot, you cannot do this voice the whole damn time. No, I won't. No, no, I'm okay. done. I'm done. It's okay. so bad. I know. It's gross. Okay, it's good. bad. I'm so sorry. For it's anybody fantastic. who is still staying was, tuned to this point. It was just, you know, I'm, 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 just a, I'm just a stupid roustabout off the street trying to sound like a fancy thespian. So, you know. No, here's the thing. You are showing your range, Brinkman. <laughs> And I think, if anything, out of all of the characters that we'll be listing here today, out of everyone that we'll be discussing, it's about mm -hmm. range. It's about mm. how diverse they can bring to this, you know, their their character to the screen. And I think, 
you know, just what you're doing here is just showing your range. I'm proud of you for taking that risk. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, uh, good day. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> oh, so starting nice. you off. That was nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. So please, uh, Mitch, uh, give us your number five non-leading actor or actress. Please uh, get us going here. All right. So my number five pick to non-leading actor or actress is Kathy Bates. Uh, she's my number five pick. And this was a hard one too, because there is a lot of different, there's an amazing array of actors. And I feel like today's list is just my top five of today. But in terms of sure. her recently, I've been very impressed with her performances and it got me thinking about her career overall from specifically Richard Jewell. Most recently, okay. I, she was the mom of Richard Jewell and I think that whole scene of her talking to the press uh, in terms of after, I mean, haunted by the press throughout this entire experience. I'm not sure if you uh, are familiar with the movie, but Richard Jewell is about a security guard who finds a bomb and then, it, you know, handles everything at a concert in a public, uh, in a public area. And he's usually this guy who, you know, he's a security guard who wants to be a cop and he's just not the type. And his mama is just this proud mama of her boy and wants to make sure that he's taken care of. And then all of a sudden the press turn on them and it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's him that they start to, to look at as the suspect. And she's this, this mother that is, you just see throughout the months, her, her journey. Um, and then you start thinking about the rest of her career and you realize like the large TV career that she's had most recently with American Horror Story, mm -hmm. where again, if we're talking about range, every single one of those seasons where she is an ensemble cast member, it is a different character, different story. And she is a powerful presence, I feel like when she is on screen. Um, and I, I like that she can she can be a leading lady, you know, as we've seen with Misery. And it also lends into her talent of horror and that kind of, you know, bringing that 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 itch and that tingle to the screen. And I feel like she really is able to evoke that um, mm -hmm. to, you know, to, I think a complete transitional character in terms of TV specifically. And I, you know, I always remember probably one of those seasons of the office is that are, are really hard to handle. And it's later in those seasons where, you know, they start transitioning out Michael Scott and they use Kathy Bates for a full season during that transition. And she mm -hmm. is, I mean, she, she calls out Michael. She's got her dogs. It's one of those times where you can see, you know, them. It's, it's you know, I, I really like how powerful she can be. And again, that same type of powerful comedy chops can be also lent to her, probably her role in Waterboy, where she is opposite of, Ma, of, of Adam Sandler. And she is mama again in a completely different way, you know? Mm -hmm. Like instead of that emotional, you know, care that she has for her son like Richard Jewell it is this captive and and uh you know isolating you know fear that she has for her baby boy Adam Sandler you know and so mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like she's got that whole kind of horror and comedy that she can really lend herself to um in terms of her non-leading roles yeah. I would also mention as an honorary mention of a lead role that she has is Fried Green Tomatoes which is one of my favorite favorite Kathy Bates movies where she's just a, a very powerful woman again, but one who is searching for her own, but that one we won't discuss. 
<laughs> that I, I mean, I was about to say, she's got more snap than a gator with a firecracker up his butt, you know, uh, <laughs> which I, you know, I feel like is something Joe Bennett might might, might throw it to Michael. Uh, I would there. say Joe Bennett would throw that up to Michael, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, also Adam Sandler. <laughs> that, that absolutely true. And I think, too, without her in Waterboy, that movie never touches the ground. No, it, no, no, right? No. It never even gets close to the ground. It's those scenes you want to see, you know. And I feel like those every time I know she's in a movie, that's the, those are the scenes I want to see, you know. Midnight mm-hmm. in Paris, she's Gertrude Stein, you know. And you've got oh, wow, Gertrude Stein, oh wow. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's Kathy Bates like coming in and like again whipping him into shape, and she's completely different. And mm-hmm. I, I just feel like, yeah. Or even burying herself all in in About Schmidt, where she's opposite Jack Nicholson, supporting Jack Nicholson. I was going to say the hot tub, hot tub scene. scene. God, I, I was. That was like I, I get. Were you about to say how young you were? <laughs> I, I was going to say I was like I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not so sad for for old age anymore. So um, right, yeah. It's I, and uh, yeah, I uh, I just feel like she's got a lot of those movies where you you kind of are are. Once you see her on the bill, you're. When is she going to pop up? When you? When is she going to come in and surprise me with something fun? And she brings a lot of energy to the screen in that way. Yeah, she. That's that's um, uh, Kathy. Ba- I mean, she's a she's she's a fucking legend. She is. Um, I'm also um, in in a little bit of research about her. I'm going to say she has a special connection with someone else that's going to be brought up in today's episode. So uh, watch out for that, guys. Uh, Brian, let's move right along to your number five. Let's see if it can, let's see if it can hold up. Cause Kathy Bates, Kathy Bates is a hard hitter. I mean, she's got, a a, she's got, does she have an Oscar? Oh yeah. She has an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. For misery. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hot so, damn. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's got more than me and that's yeah. all that I know. I, I, I'm going to say this, Mitch, you have multiple Oscar winners on your list. Brian, none. So, uh, you know, well, and that's the, uh, the, the I feel like I went too big with some of these names because no, her no, no, lead no. roles is are the issues I'm having. You know, this this just you just have to defend your list. Brian's going to defend his. Whoever whoever brings the juice is going to get the pointage. So here we go. You got it. All right. So after uh, Conti over here brought up uh, Richard Jewell, I was going to say the most recent Clint Eastwood saga that Brinkman High had had the pleasure of watching was The Mule. <laughs> <laughs> Very <Ooh>. different film. <laughs> It's a great hate watch. Very good hate watch. So, oh, um, one of the most fascinating movies uh, we've seen this year. Um, he has, so no, was it two or three threesomes in the film? Two threesomes. Two threesomes, in, that's In right. a film yep. that he's directed. <laughs> yep. He has a shirtless threesome scene. Uh, it's, it is, it is unconscionable and you don't feel like it's happening when it's happening. Um, so We literally only saw this movie because of the John Mulaney, Pete Davidson bit on Weekend Update. We are like, we have to see this movie now. <laughs> but anyway, my number five, yeah. non-leading actor, I have Keith David. This man- Ooh, what a pull. What a pull. 320 acting credits, and he made my list for one reason and one reason alone. Childs from The Thing. 1982, uh, one of the most controversial uh, endings to any movie of all time. Uh, I was actually, I kind of fell through a YouTube rabbit hole looking through some of the theories of the thing while researching uh, (laughs) Mr. David here. Mm -hmm. There's three theories that make him the thing. Uh, Have you heard the eye gleam theory? That uh, the thing throughout the movie doesn't have an eye light. Whenever somebody's the thing, they never have an eye light in the scene. There's oh. no glint in their eye. It's all Man. dead. 
Uh, there's another theory that every time he speaks, there's no breath. You don't see the breath in the cold when he speaks. But there's oh. another scene where Kurt Russell is running around and you can't see him breathing, so doesn't have any legs. Or what about the, Wilford Brimley? Is Wilford Brimley ever brought up as, as possibly <laughs> the thing? <laughs> I wish he was, man. <laughs> uh, and the Molotov whiskey theory. So throughout the, the beginning of the movie, Kurt Russell is pounding a bunch of whiskey in the same green bottles that they later use as Molotov cocktails throughout the movie. At the end, they are left with one whiskey bottle that people, well, you've been filling them with gasoline this whole movie. Why the hell would you just suddenly have one whiskey bottle at the end? He hands the bottle to Childs. Childs takes a drink, says, ah. And then Kurt Russell, he's got this little chuckle. Like, if he was the thing, he wouldn't be able to distinguish between whiskey or gasoline. So people think that little chuckle is him being like, I was right. <laughs> and they're gonna, we're both going to die anyway. Either Holy way. crap. Back to, back to Keith. It's fascinating theories you can get down with the thing. So <laughs> moving on to one more credit. Uh, I, I, uh, I was just say, I had no idea. I watched the thing for the first time maybe two or three years ago. I mean, obviously great early horror movie, mm-hmm. John Carpenter, a legend. Um, had no idea about those theories, but I am definitely going to watch it again. It's uh, worth rewatching with all that in mind because there's, yeah. a, there's so many cool hidden things in that movie. It's still The fact that it's still being debated now nearly 40 years later is, is pretty crazy. Um, he's the president in Rick and Morty. I mean, he, he is the president. He yeah. is Mary's dad. And there's something about Mary. How do you get the beans above the Frank? Like, how can you not have that? <laughs> yeah. He's also right. the witch doctor in a Disney movie in the princess and the frog. He's the witch doctor in that one. And he's now five seasons deep. Uh, kind of a lead role, kind of a non-lead role on in Greenleaf, which I know nothing about, but it's on the OWN network. Yep. And it's been running for five seasons, and I'm like, hey, man, this guy's getting a, a paycheck. And I was like, I will support that any way he can get it. That is, so, I, I will say, in looking over the, their choices today, it's always nice to see someone who's kind of like putting things together, and they finally get that one steady job for like mm-hmm. six years in a row. And you know, like... Yeah. They've got a second house now or like all their kids are going through college with no worries, you know. Exactly. Um, There's one I'll mention later on. It's got some pretty big stars in the show. I'm not a huge fan of the show, but it's like you're always happy when somebody who's had a little bit of success lands a sitcom. And you're like, like, you know what? They deserve that easy street paycheck. And you know what? They're making those bad words a little bit better. And it's like, at least it's that person who's involved. At least, yeah, I was going to say, at least there's talent coming to it. Exactly. So, yeah. So, number Mm -hmm. five, Keith David. And I was like, you love to see a real actor when they've been doing drama and then all of a sudden they do comedy and everyone's like, what the fuck? They can do comedy? And you're like, yeah, they're a trained actor. They can do anything. It's, it's a whole so. naked gun scenario when it comes to him. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, okay. Uh, those are the number fives. Um, excellent ones. I There's a little detail here that's going to give Brian the edge this round. Um, and that is Keith David was in a film in 2010 um, called Now Here, where he plays a character named Detective Brinkman. Um, and, and, and I am a shameless sycophant for myself, so Brian's going to get three this round, and Mitch, I'm sorry, but Kathy Bates getting a leading actress Oscar makes me doubt this choice a little bit, but, I know. but she's such a whirlwind of a talent, and uh, 
she Think really about is her role in Titanic, right? <laughs> Think about Molly Brown in Titanic. I know, I know, I know. You've got you've got the 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 sweet Hollywood couple off this side, and you got rich rich, you know, <laughs> but not of the class. Yeah, Kathy Bates, right, where she can see that love happening, and you're able to read that with her eyes, my man. She she doesn't have some of the best lies. She with her eyes in these movies. I've never seen talent. such such a okay. butter up for another point. Okay, this is I, I was gonna say I, I I love making unprecedented moves on Ubersenko. Mitch, you just got another point back. Three for Mitch on that round. Wow, you really know how to work me. Good for you. Okay. Damn. Um, God damn. We're gonna we're gonna flip it around on this round. Um, and we're going to go with um, Brian to your number four. All right. Okay. Number four coming in with 119 acting credits is the wonderful, the glorious Margot Martindale. Um, made my list because the first time I discovered her was as Mama Cox and Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> <laughs> when I was oh. a, 17 years old, this is my first Margot Ma- Martindale memory. <laughs> the wrong boy died. <laughs> the wrong kid died. <laughs> but then you've got Secretariat, August Osage County. Uh, she's the grandmother recently in Instant Family. She's uh, Dee Dee's mother in Hulu's The Act. She's Patricia Arquette's mother. I don't know if you've seen The Act about the um, Munchausen by proxy murder. Crazy story. And then one that's on my list that I haven't seen yet that I've been dying to see, which is Blow the Man Down, which she mm. may be the lead in, but it's a super indie movie shot all in all in Maine that I really, really want to see. But um, the fact that it is all stemmed from the Dewey Cox story <laughs> is really, really fun for me. Have you ever and, seen Bojack Horseman? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just love that they always refer to her as the... <laughs> As famed character actress, Margot <laughs> yes, Martindale. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you just like, oh, it's perfect. God, it's okay. perfect. It's okay, great. Here's, boom, here's my first pop quiz. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned this because this is going to be the question. What color of car and what type of car does Margot Martindale, does famed character actress Margot Martindale escape from, is it the, is it like an institution in, in, in the show? Conti, no Googling. I want to Google too. I don't know. No Googling. Could you hear me? Yes. I can hear you typing. No Googling. I don't know green. I don't know. Blue. It's a, it's a, it's okay. So it's make and color. Yes. Um, whoever can get, oh, sorry. Do you have a hint? No, no. I was going to say, whoever can get more of the uh of, of of the two like one of the two will still give you you know uh, it won't it won't get a full as long as you can beat the other person getting more it's a prius that's blue oh, i was gonna say a prius too no a, right. a red prius, dodge challenger <laughs> it, it is not it's not a prius it's a it's a red convertible it's a corvette it is a cor- wait is it a corvette right I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm oh, playing the game. I was, like, I was like, wait, you can't. I just told you what the answer was. I can't. Okay, you both you both got it wrong. I'm so sorry. Uh, All right, that's fair perfect. enough. Perfect. Good. You both, you both lose a point, which means, you know, really no one loses a point. So, um, okay, keep, keep going with, with your Margot Martindale. Um, actually, tell me right now, um, what's a, have you ever cried to a Margot Martindale project, and what was it? Ooh. I don't think I have actually, because you know what? I haven't seen the Hollers. Oh, 
And I really want to see that one because that's a John Krasinski directed vehicle, correct? Yes, and it is it is it is a bit saccharine, but it is yeah, sweet. That, right that's where the it hits one. my heart good, and I, I definitely cried during that one. I feel um, like if I was to have one, that would be it, and that's right next to Blow the Man Down, next in yeah. my uh, queue to seek out. I um I don't know I don't cry at movies often. Uh, mostly really? commercials. Commercials are what'll get me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, sweet, hard to the point. You know, but I, I feel like uh, um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I ever have. <laughs> uh, did, did did you ever cry at one of the uh, the Clydesdales commercials with Budweiser? You know, the Budweiser where, ones. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you ever cry at one of those? I mean, I usually if I'm if I'm drunk on a Super Bowl and I get emotional during those commercials, <laughs> once they start come stomping, clomping in, you know, it's oh, just, yeah. I know. I, I I definitely have. Whatever the ones where they like raise the baby, don't they like raise the baby horse or a or a puppy up to be their sidekick or something? Yes, they do. I yeah. think yeah, yeah. A little uh, Clydesdale pony. I, I I highly recommend googling the Arrow Awards, which is like the British. Um, ad awards and I think they do a tour around the country but go and see those if you can I've seen those a number of times and British people make insanely effective with an A commercials way more than America oh Um, yeah oh hands down I watched a a, a wonderful Korean commercial the other day about just like this guy who's giving money to a uh, you know doing all his can to help out in his community and giving money, you know, mm-hmm. and you watch his day, day over and day over again. And he's doing the same thing, helping a lady with a cart, giving a dollar to the little girl on the street with her mom. And then all of a sudden that little girl, she's gone. She's not on the street anymore. But then he turns the corner and his mom, it, her mom is right there. And the girl's in a little school uniform and she's going to school now and she's not on the street. And that brought tears. <laughs> I've seen this commercial. I've seen it. And it is it a tearjerker. It's a good one. It's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I, I will also say I've never seen the Americans, but I hear that that it is an amazing show. And mm-hmm. I, and famed character actress, Margot Martindale is also in that, that I would mm-hmm. like to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same here. Cannot recommend that one enough. Um, I, I did want to mention in here, uh, I mean, she's been an incredible amount of great television shows. Dexter, The Americans, uh, The Good Wife, and of course, Bojack Horseman uh, as um, inspired the the pop quiz there. Brian, any any last words on Margot Martindale? Um, she's she's great. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I feel like I've seen her in more things than I can remember. Mm-hmm. And every time she pops up, I'm, I'm happy she's there. That's... For That's me, she is she is a fantasy aunt. Yes. Know? Yep. Yeah. She's yep. a fantasy aunt. You know, like, like, oh, Mitch. By the way, you're gonna have to spend two weeks uh, with your aunt Margot and and your uncle Dick. And you're like, good. I'm glad to be free of <laughs> right? mom and dad. I will gladly go. Uh, Margot makes makes the best butterscotch blondie brownies there are. Period. So please uh, bring me there. Um, okay, we're moving right along. Mitch, give us your um, number four, please. Uh, my number four is Sam Rockwell uh, is my number four. Oh, Sam Rock. Oh, oh, God. My man after my own. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Keep going. No, I, I just feel like he's he's one of those actors where, again, every time he comes up on screen, I, I get excited and he energizes the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got quite a range in terms of what he can bring from three billboards most recently, uh, where he is a, a very racist character, a cop, 
And I feel like it is quite the message right now, given the climate where you have Frances McDormand, who is another wonderful character actress and one who I wanted to put on my list. But again, I feel like she was one of those ones that was kind of hidden in their early parts of her career. And now she's her career's blown up. And I feel like this is also the other issue I have right now with Sam Rockwell is he he is a very big Hollywood star, but he is still a supporting actor in most cases. You look at three billboards, that's a supporting role he was nominated one for. Did he win? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did win. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that is, you know, kind of the, you know, that is the goal for him, you know, from, from his other roles where he is very much a, a support, you know, uh, in terms of comedy, I, I, one of my favorite movies growing up because it was one of my favorite books when I was younger was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I know it's not, you know, mo- like uh, there's a lot of different opinions around that movie, but in 42. terms of- <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, but he is, he is uh, the president. Uh, uh, Zaphod Beeblebrox. Beeblebrox. Yeah. And he's got the, the second head and mm-hmm. his characters will switch. And I feel like, you know, he, again, with that movie opposite of like Alan Rickman, in terms of that, that sad robot character to Zaphod, it, it it is just a very fun pairing that he has and he's ridiculous and it's a fun performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also enjoy him. I, I enjoy him in iron in the Iron Man movies. Uh, he is, you know, those movies are, you know, pretty fun and he plays a interesting role in that as, as the opposite of, of, uh, Tony Stark. And so, uh, what is he's hammer oh, man i don't know but he's the only part i liked out of those sequels i know and that's the thing because it's, it's him kind of that he, he's in a he's in a lot of movies like that you know yeah. you look at like seven psychopaths and seven psychopaths is an amazing cast but that movie's not the best but his scenes are he's great the ones that i yeah. are looking forward to yeah. um i feel the same way and then also too you have wild bill green mile where he is like he, he, okay so you've got all-star cast, amazing character actors, and you you have this wild. I mean, he is he is the murderer in that movie. He is a villain in that movie. It's completely contrast to kind of everything else that he's he's done. You know, you look at like I just I feel like he's able to evoke a lot of different emotions from me while he's on screen, and uh, and yet he also kind of has this lax ability where it's almost like he never really tried that hard in on screen. Yeah. You know, like it's, there are those characters where it's still like, I think this is also the issue is I just like Sam Rockwell. (laughs) And a a lot of his characters are kind of just Sam Rockwell as -hmm. opposed to, you know, as opposed to Kathy Bates, there's a thin veil of, of like of his performances. He's an amazing performer. It's just, it's a lot of Sam Rockwell in each of those. So yeah. even like Galaxy Quest, uh, you know, like Galaxy Quest is one of the one of the funniest ones because he's the red shirt uh, that <laughs> shit. I forgot his name. And the whole movie is about <laughs> about people forgetting his name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember either. So it's it's on brand. Have you guys have you guys uh, watched the documentary on on Galaxy Quest? It's on Netflix and it is. Mm-hmm. No, it is. It is amazing. Um I definitely recommend it. It just because it's all about the nerds that 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 have made it into this cult classic, and you've mm-hmm. seen kind of this journey that this movie has had. And you know, you look at that cast too. 
and that's an amazing ensemble performances of, of, of some of these, you know, actors that you don't really think of as giving like amazing performances, like, um, like Tim Allen, you know, as the lead, but he's, it's probably <laughs> his best role, you know, it's like him, that in home improvement is probably my favorite Tim Allen roles. Cause like, I don't, I'm not last man standing, ain't my cup, my cup of tea, you know, yeah. but then you've also got like Alan Rickman again, you've got Sigourney Weaver, you've got Tony Shalhoub, you've got an amazing cast, Guy Flegman or F- Guy Fliegerman or something like that. That's the name that, uh, Guy, of Guy, Guy Fietti is how you pronounce it. Oh, sorry. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's I just feel like he's he's got a lot of movies where he kind of pops in. You know, you look even think about like Matchstick Men against, you know, it's mm-hmm. still Sam Rockwell. You know, and even mm-hmm. when he has been choke, it's I feel like I'm fighting against my own pick right now. Dude, choke <laughs> oh. is fun. Choke is fun. Choke never choke was never gonna be a big hit because it was about the uh, like, you know, it's sexual depravity. But right. um and that's the thing. Every movie he's led Hey, like he's never been able to get that breakout hit. What should have been the breakout hit was Moon. Moon was great. Yeah, but, <clears throat> but it didn't have the production scale to be a breakout hit. Like no one was gonna. That's why go, it's a cult favorite, you know. Yeah, and it's like yeah. it, it, I feel like uh, his performance in Richard Jewell was pretty amazing too. You know, he's Richard Jewell's lawyer throughout all of that, and that that to me is. I did kind of forget that it was him for a little while, but still, at the end of the day, it was that thin film of. Well, I just enjoy Sam Rockwell, you know, and it's him yelling at Richard Jewell to stop. You know, I know you want to be friends with these cops and I know you want to help your mom, but stop it. You know, I'm trying to do what's best for you. And I I like even though it was Sam Rockwell, it felt like Sam Rockwell being my lawyer. You know, it Mm, feels like Sam Rockwell being my president of the galaxy. It feels like Sam Rockwell, who is my arms dealer, uh, uh, you know, opposite of Iron Man. I I, I like that it is. I think that's why I ended up choosing him as opposed to the rest of my honorable mentions, just because I, I enjoy his presence on screen. Yeah. You know? um, I, I want to suggest to the people out there, check out the winning season. Um, if you like Sam Rockwell, when he's being uh, cute and warm hearted, he plays a basketball coach for a girls basketball team. And it's just a delightful little film. Um, I was going to say, in general, my... I feel like Sam Rockwell is the king of the indie movies recently. The so. way, way back. The way, way back. Way, yes. way back. That's one of my favorite, even though he's just doing a, a Bill Murray impression from, oh God, what's the Caddyshack? No, 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 no. no. The, the, camp, the, the camping movie. Why is it not in my brain? Oh, uh, meatballs. 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 There we go. He even said yeah. he directly was like playing that character, but that I'm trying. The first yeah. thing I ever saw Sam Rockwell in though was Charlie's Angels. <laughs> Because that's Boy, like all that's, these things that came out when you were a kid, like the first time you see them, and then you go back to their catalog when you get older. But like him dancing in Charlie's Angels is like he's my the first villain, right? Yeah, he's the bad guy. Yeah, he's yeah. the bad guy, and he's yeah. like at he's the end awesome of the day too. It's it's just Sam Rockwell. He's being so the great, bad guy, and he's or a like, great dancer. He loves yes. to dance, and I also he's a encourage. Great He's a yes. great racist. Oh my he's God, great, Jojo Rabbit. Great, yes. Jojo Rabbit was so enjoyable. Oh. But again, that type of acting, it was him just like leaning back and being like, yeah, I'm Sam Rockwell. I don't, uh, yeah, I'm a Nazi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah. Is, that's how he, I, I, and I And it that, works. You know? And it yeah. works. It does. I, I, I highly recommend, okay, we, we, we've got to keep moving here, but I highly recommend YouTube, his uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind audition Dance. tape or auditions oh. for Clooney. It's so much fun. He just dances. It's great. Um, okay, Brian, uh, move us right along here, please. Uh, with uh, your... 
Numbers. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, those, those are the number fours. I, I, I got to score you out here. Do we not um, earn nothing? I know. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I hate to give you guys both three points again, but you both, I just love both these people so much. And Margot Martindale, as I said, would make me the best pan of brownies I've ever had. <laughs> and I would drink it with a full liter of cold, whole milk. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> three points for each person here. Um, Mitch, let's go back to your uh, your next one here. We're, 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 right. we're doing the snake snake style today. So My number three was another hard pick just because, mm-hmm. again, it, it, I'm trying to get thinking outside the box, right? And I'm trying sure. to pinpoint performances that, you know, I've been watching a lot of TV and movies, and I'm, I'm trying to find those actors that uh, when they come on screen, I just really enjoy their presence. And my number three pick is Jeffrey Wright. Mm. And and he is one of those actors who you don't anticipate, right? Unlike a Sam Rockwell or a Kathy Bates, if you see him on the billing, you're probably not too familiar with his name. But if you start looking into how long his career has spanned from like, uh, you know, I, I feel like it's now about 30 years from from him doing, uh, you know, Shaft with, you know, uh, Sam Jackson. And, and, and to me, it's just like, he is really unassuming and he's a slow burn in terms of how he's able to capture the screen. I think in terms of, in terms of recent, you know, uh, acclaim, he's got Westworld as Bernard, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, I, I unfortunately, I haven't seen the second season. Um, and I know there's a lot of opinions about that show, but I enjoyed his performance in that Mm -hmm. first season and Mm -hmm. he's opposite of, uh, Anthony Hopkins in that show for most of that show. And I, I just feel like those two powerhouses on screen, he's such a great compliment to such an all-star lead like, like Hopkins. And then yeah. you've got, and then you've got him in the bond movies. And mm-hmm. this is where I really first discovered him was casino Royale, right? They restart the bond movies. And I was, I, I wasn't the biggest bond kid growing up, but there's just something about that movie. I love hold. I love poker. You know, and like, there's something classic about the poker scene where, you know, he comes in and he's playing the game and you, you know, you, you're rooting for him. He's the American, right? Yeah. And then he's out, you know? And I just, I feel like him complimenting Bond in that way. He's just able to show his chops that a big screen franchise, he, he's not afraid of that. And I think that mm-hmm. that also translates to the Hunger Games, you know? Mm-hmm. He was in the Hunger Games movies. And again, he's got an unassuming performances in those. But he still is able to really add to the scene. I feel like he is kind of the epitome of that support without taking the light. And yeah. and that is, I think that's really important in types of this category. I think, um, so most recently, and I, I this is because I, I started thinking about him, I was really enjoying, you know, kind of playing around with him as, as my number three. And I started looking and he, in the last two years, he's released two kind of prison movies. And one is uh, one that came out in 2018. It's by HBO and it's called OG. And it's about him as an, you know, as a, uh, a, a convict in prison who is up for parole in about 40 days. Right. And he it, all of a sudden has this young prisoner who he's got, you know, kind of getting him in trouble and all of a sudden his parole comes up into contention because he's, he's, he used to be this old, old, he used to be the OG of the gangs in prison. And 
he kind of got away from all that stuff and he's coming up on pro, but now all of a sudden he's getting stuck back into the game. He's trying to lead this young one to, to, you know, try and figure out the prison life in the cleanest way possible and get through. But all of a sudden he finds himself falling into the same traps in contrary to that as a support role. So he was the lead in OG. And I feel like, you know, it wasn't like the big breakout role for him, you know, it was an Mm -hmm. HBO movie and, and, you know, I feel like that's why I, I still kind of kept him in this category because in all day and a night, it's a Netflix movie. And again, it's, it takes place. He's in prison. And if the story is all around the relationship between a son and the father and the son, you know, wanted to be a rapper, wanted to go in a different direction of his father because he was in prison, didn't want to lead that life. And his father didn't want that for him. And you see that this kid, you know, unfortunately, he's in prison right and the whole movie is about how he lands there what was the steps that he took and he wasn't listening to his father and all of a sudden it's him and his father in prison together and jeffrey wright is that father and those scenes i think there's maybe like only like four of them i actually watched it this morning just because i was like let's watch this movie and and he he is wonderful in it he's a completely i mean you think like oh it's jeffrey wright in another prison suit doing another prison movie (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it is and again, it's kind of that father figure taking care of that young son. And it's, mm-hmm. it is a different story. It is a different character. It, he is teaching different lessons. And I think like that can be an interesting aspect as, a, as an actor to say, oh, th- let's challenge myself and really do it. And you realize for the OG, it was they were in a real prison using real inmates, using real security guards. He was there for a year before that movie even filmed so he can get to the note, the prisoners that he was filming with. And that translates to all day and a night. And I feel like he's just able to even grow further in terms of that prison reality and what a, what, what life in prison can actually be for a lot of people. And, and it's two different stories and two different tellings of, of what you just go, oh, they're, they're criminals. They're in prison. It's just another prison movie, and it's not. Yeah. Wow. Um, I had, I I mean, I'm not surprised by his dedication. He's obviously extremely talented, uh, dude. Um, and also clearly a darling of, of HBO. He's been on, as you mentioned, Westworld. Um, I know I really fell in love with him on Boardwalk Empire back in the yeah. early 2010s, as uh, uh, like Valentine. Yeah, Valentin Narcisse as like he's just kind of like he's like this like syrupy evil, you know. It's like I can't remember, but I feel like he's like sucking on a toothpick on a regular <laughs> basis, you know. And uh, and he's like he's like this like quiet, cold, cool leader. Um, and he just he just seems dangerous, you know. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. also in Westworld, his glasses. Yes. I feel like his glasses. It's almost as if he has a sidekick with him. It's like right? it's like it's a whole nother character that he's also play, or, I, I, I don't know but I, I just well, that I, character I love that. is so interesting itself too because that character is ever learning about itself yeah. as as that season progresses and, you know I, I I do I am interested I know that the see the show's kind of gone off the rails a little bit but I'm excited to revisit season two yeah but I feel like he he again I mean you you watch him transform as that season takes place, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then, you know, is it actually him that's programmed to do all that? I think there's a lot of interesting layers to, you know, yeah. to what that show can mean. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would say Westworld is one of the more um, intriguing, uh, surprising, and well-crafted seasons of television. Season two, I get, like, you know, as you yeah. said, the, the rest of it, you know, uh, 
up for debate, but season one absolutely needs to be watched. Um, I just like Anthony Hopkins and just about anything. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, like yeah, he yeah. just, he, he has such, uh, he, and then Ed Harris too, like really charging like a full oh, yeah. plow in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like that show, it's, it's really. Every single person in that show has one in a million eyes. Yeah. Every single person. Yeah. Evan Rachel <laughs> Wood, uh, Hopkins, Jeffrey Wright, uh, Ed Harris, yeah. James Mars. Everyone's just like, where do you get? Uh, and then Tandy Newton too. Just and then and then the extras they get in there. Everyone's oh, Tandy just got, is fucking awesome. That, uh, that really that cast is very very talented. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Brian. I I, I I hate to keep going, but we got to keep moving here. Brian, uh, give us your number three, please. All right, my number three is going to be short, sweet, and quick. Okay. This is Holly Flax herself, Amy Ryan, the Yin to Michael Scott's Yang. Amy Ryan. So whoa, wow, she's oh my gosh, Brian. Tell us right now, how much do you want? uh, Have you dreamt about having sex with this with the uh, the Holly Flax before? All the time? Uh, oh, are, are you married to her in, in your in your thoughts and dreams? In my dreams, of course, yes. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, she was actually in a film with Margot Martindale, as long uh, as well as Paul Giamatti and Bobby Cannavale. That's Win Win, the uh, high school oh, yes. wrestling movie, which is very, very good. And her list goes on and on between Birdman to Gone Baby Gone, and then playing to my audience here, Beatty Russell on The Wire. So she's got a pretty uh, long career there. And it's just, again, someone who I'm excited to see pop up mm-hmm. randomly in things that I am, whether it's a small, small little role here and there or mm-hmm. more of a kind of supporting slash leading role in win win or something like that. And then mm-hmm. just the reruns that I get to visit on the office. Those are my uh, favorite episodes. How do you cast somebody opposite Michael Scott that works? I don't know how. They saw any of her previous. I want to see her audition. I want to see how yeah. they brought her in and be like, she nails that role. Yeah. Because she's goofy. She can be serious. She's mm-hmm. sweet. The scene with Kevin at the vending machine is like <laughs> one of the classic scenes. That's a but that's a button. Um, so it's like she can do she's got a roller coaster of emotions on that show, or she's Yoda putting together her chair on the floor. And just mm-hmm. the the will they won't they over the seasons, and then then they that, finally that that hallway of candles, <sighs> right when it finally like all kind of comes to a comes to a button there. That you want to talk about something I've cried at. There you go. There Those candles yeah. where they I all was come. Say, to, that drive. Yeah. With, oh, with them and Craig Robbins. <laughs> That's so funny that they added Craig to that scene. That was perfect. It's yeah. perfect. That's so good. Um, I, I will mention she, uh, Brian, she's out of character for your list because she has uh, only 68 credits. Everyone else on your list is much more, which Correct. is an interesting selection. But as we all know, The Office is super important to this generation uh, of, of TV watchers. So I, I love it. And of course, you, you knew to play to me, uh, Mitch Conti, as, as, as you are finding out now, it's good to play to the host. And uh, Brian is, <laughs> yeah, Brian is a... Uh, is is working me good so around uh three here um brian um i was gonna give you three but you failed to mention that uh amy ryan was also on the show 100 center street with margo martindale uh, uh so i'm sorry how did your, i miss your that research one? didn't go deep enough my man <laughs> you're getting two points um and mitch oh mitch uh, <laughs> oh, Mitch. Uh, oh, Mitch. 
Oh, Mitch. Oh, no. Mitch. Hey, hold on, oh, Mitch. Mitch. Mitch, Mitch, hey, I'm talking to myself. I'm trying to get, okay. It's Conti. No, sorry. No, um, I'm being nice here. Three points for Conti as well because he brought up the one of my favorite recent um, seasons of television, that is Westworld. So let's move right along to um, Conti. Give me, uh, give me your number two on this one. Okay, my number two. I think at, at this point I am very comfortable with my next two picks. And my number two is Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Very nice. Yes. Tilda Swinton. On my she, she, hold on, hold on. It's, I mean, it, her face has been on some posters. <laughs> her face has been on some posters, sure, but her face is different every time. Give me mm. one of her leading roles. Uh, She's the host of Conan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. She adds a lot of depth to her characters. That is true. And sure, true. She is she is probably one of the most transformative actors I've ever witnessed on screen. I mean, from from specifically, uh, you know, you've got my favorite Wes Anderson, uh, which is Grand Budapest Hotel, and she is Madame mm-hmm. D, and she is this old, frail, horny old lady who has like little to no lines other than "I love you" and like it's hysterical <laughs> and amazing and. <laughs> She brings so much life to this old lady and like she's dead instantly. And then the whole story revolves around her death. And it's just like, to me, like, like I think she's just so key as a character and support and adds to that script. And then she's great wow. as a villain. You've got her as the white witch in Chronicles of Narnia. And if you, if you listen to my list already, you know that I like big blockbusters. She's that yeah. perfect, you know, really, you know, she's inviting she's pretty in that movie and then all of a sudden she twists and she's the villain and she's no longer inviting she's no longer that she Mm -hmm. you know she offered a lot of a lot of a lot of prettiness and then all of a sudden that turns on on them pretty quickly i feel like uh you know as we're talking about big blockbuster movies you've got dr strange and she is the ancient one in these movies you know these are two big blockbuster marvel movies that you know Doctor Strange, I feel like, are not the most acclaimed, but she does add depth to those scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really drives, I think, a lot of that because Benedict in that movie, in those movies, can be so just very much like, I'm Doctor Strange. I'm doing and an like, American she, accent. Right, exactly. And she is able to bring b- breathe a little bit of life into that movie, I feel like. And then also, too, she's, you know, Gabriel in Constantine, she is able to mm. transform from all these really like wacky angel witch fantasy characters to realistic characters and real people really quickly. And that's Burn After Reading. That's Katie Cox. You know, that's a that's Coen Brothers movie. That is, you know, in terms of uh, I've never seen this movie, but I have watched her scenes today. And that was Trainwreck, mm. where she is. She plays the the, the, the woman really Diana, good. which is the boss of yeah, she's great in that. Yep. And all of a sudden, like I'm watching. Quick question. Like, Hold on. Qu- Quick question: Who does that character remind you most of? Another boss character in a film. Who is she a continuation of? Because I, I thought of this immediately when I saw that movie. Meryl Streep. Bing, bing, Devil bing, Wears bing, Prada. Bing, 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 bing. Miranda Prada. From, from Devil Wears Prada. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the natural uh, uh, spiritual progression of that. Yeah. Also, I was going to say I should mention this too, you guys. The last Marvel movie I saw was Iron Man Two. Okay. Um, so got some, you got some work to do. 
Yes. So I just I just want to put that out there. Do you, so if, do you have Disney Plus? Uh, I do. Yeah. Mitch, there's like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, are you talking to you or me? Are you, are you talking to you or me? What, which I one really, is this? I, I, the reason I did add it to and why why she was so prevalent on my mind is I, we did just watch all of the Marvel movies from the oh, first yeah. Iron okay. Man to, okay. to Endgame. And those movies, I, I got to say, for movies that span 20 plus, they did a great job of that universe. Oh, yeah. but an even more creative universe and very fun movie to watch that Tilda Swinton is amazing in is Snowpiercer with mm. also Captain America in that movie while we're talking about Marvel movies connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is unbelievably weird in that movie. It's such a great, I mean, you've also got wonderful character actress and amazing support actress Octavia Spencer in that movie. You, I mean, you have really, a, a, I think Ed Harris is in that movie too. I think he is. I think from, he might be, yeah. From Westworld. I think he's the one in the front of the train. He's the architect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you've got John Hurt right before he passed. And John Hurt's at the back of the train, and he, oh man, John Hurt is just one of my favorite, like. Yeah. But Tilda Swinton plays Mason, and she plays this, like, in between, you know, uh, you know, manager of these train cars. And she's, I, I think it's just a very, it, it's a, you look at it and you're like, is that Tilda Swinton? Is that Tilda Swinton? I feel like that is, as opposed to Sam Rockwell being like, there's Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I he he takes his mask I, down and he's like, hey, I'm saying, what's up? Hey, and puts his, I yeah. was watching those train wreck scenes and I literally was like, which one's Tilda Swinton? And then I was like, oh, <laughs> that one is Tilda Swinton. And like, it's just like this plain, which is you know, playing a normal person woman. And I was just <laughs> yeah. so confused. But she had a hard, hard tan in that film, too, which is really yeah. funny. Yeah. I feel like she almost looked like um, Allison Janney from Mom, who's another character actress who I, mm. I did want to add to my list. But mm-hmm. uh, but I, I feel like that. uh yeah, that's my pick. That's great. Uh, I was very worried you weren't going to mention Burn After Reading, but after many years of watching Coen Brothers movies, it that's in my top three. I love Burn After Reading. I think I, it's so fun. I love that. It's so it, underrated. The, it's so underrated. The performances are great. And I love that everyone's just like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and it's just like a bunch of baloney and bullshit, but everyone just has fun and it's a fun movie and she, to watch. She's though. married to Malkovich in that movie, right? And then she's yes. having a, she's having an affair with Clooney. And I yep. feel like it's and it's just like the it's like Clooney's wackiest performance. It's Brad Pitt's one one of Brad Pitt's wackiest performances. And mm-hmm. I, I really do enjoy that they just have fun with I, I she she seems like she would be a fun person to act with. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson movies. They've, there's a new one coming out soon. And also Jeffrey Wright will be in the new one too, um, which I'm also excited about. Awesome. I think that's, or I think so. Let me check. But yes. Anyway, that's uh, my pick. That's nice. fantastic. Okay, Brian, you bring us uh, to your number two here. All right. My number two is a fascinating guy here. Yeah. At 91 years old and with the most film credits of any living or dead actor. You're going to do. James Hong with 672 credits. Wow. 469 TV shows, 149 films, 32 short films, and 22 video games. This man is Poe's father, Mr. Ping in Kung Fu Panda. He's in Blade Runner. He's in Big Trouble in Little China. He is the host in the Seinfeld episode of uh, uh, the Chinese restaurant. He's in Wayne's World 2. He's the general in Mulan. This man is everywhere. Brian, okay, let me stop you here. Now, James Hong obviously has so much history to him, and he is going to enjoy not one, but two pop quiz 
questions, Ooh. okay, that I have here, okay? Now, I went through his IMDb page, okay? So, this is just through his movies and television credits. How did you get four hours of your time today to do that? <laughs> I, it, 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 it was the majority of my research, and I counted... By myself, so this so this is as accurate as a count as I can do, and I did it twice for each time. So, here's a question, and th- this will be this will go to the person that's closest to the guest. How many times did uh, James Hong play a character that's last name was Wong? How many? Seventeen. Different- I would say higher. I'd probably go twenty-six. Holy cow, Brian! You're way off. Mr. Mitch Conti, you are very close. Fifteen was the number. Oh. Excellent, excellent job. He's Dang getting, it. he's getting plus one right Dang there. It. We're not doing prices right rules, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, that's that's an amazing guess. And of course, um, so Brian doesn't have to say it all. Uh, th- I mean, he's been in everything since from the beginning. Uh, classic TV shows. He's been on Bonanza, Perry Mason, The Man from Uncle, I Spy, uh, which Bill Cobbs won the first ever Emmy by a black actor for the Bob. Newhart Show, The New Perry Mason, Rockford Files, Hawaii Five-O, Starsky and Hutch, Dukes of Hazards, Love Boat, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And here's a second question about James Hong. How many shows was he in, or series you could say, where he played, where he came back and played a different character the second time? So really shows he played multiple characters in. So, because this is famous, of course, back in the day, uh, racist Americans were like, "Oh, no, no, no! The difference was we'll bringing gotcha. back to play a different character." How many? How many shows do you think he played different characters in? Twelve. You say twelve, Brian? I say twelve. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna do Price's Right rolls. I'm gonna say thirteen, baby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mitch Conti, a shrewd gamester. Oh, come on. The shrewdest gamester we have here. The number is twenty-six. Holy cow. That is so racist. Isn't it awful? Yes. But, but there's good that comes out of this because he said, like, uh, I watched a short video with him in 1962. He realized this. He was just like, I can't be cliche my entire life. It's not good for anything. And he was one of the nine founding members of the East West Players in LA, which was an all Asian theater group uh, that they were like meant to put Asian, the Asian American experience, make it more visible in modern art. And it's still around and he's still heavily involved with it at 91 years old, which is just amazing. That's incredible. It is but, really and uh, uh actor from the modern uh, Hawaii five Oh, this is the big variety story that's going around now. Now there's a campaign to get him a star on the Hollywood walk of fame, which is more than deserved for somebody yeah. who's had a career spanning this long and has contributed so much to, um, I think Randall Park uh, has gone through the East West players, BD Wong. Like there's a lot of people that have gotten experience with this. Me too. (laughs) I just rewatched the interview this week because it was just random on Netflix. He's just so silly and goofy in that. And then what's the name of the um, uh, Netflix movie he did with Alison Wong? Uh, The um, Ali Wong. uh, Oh, I loved it. It was so cute. I got to look at this so much. It's such a cute. Be my maybe. Always yeah. be my maybe. Always, Always be, my, be maybe. my maybe. Such yeah. a cute, movie fun movie. So charming. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. He was so, also in those uh, those train wreck scenes with uh, Tilda yes. Swinton. He was mm-hmm. in the, the office scenes with us. That. That's yes. right. Yeah. 
Uh, and uh, Ali Wong and him were were in college together at UCLA in the same uh, theater troupes, and that's why that's they, co- they they connected again. I know, crazy. Um, and of course, he plays Danny Chung, Chung for Change, um, on, on Veep. <laughs> Veep. So, um, just brilliant. Uh, b- and he's got a sitcom too, right? He's uh, off the boat. He's got a whole sitcom now. Anyway, that's yep. anyway. I yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brian, I like, I like I like him. He's great. Okay, back the back to James Hong. Brian, do, do you have any any parting words before I, I add in a last thing on him? I, I've said everything I've need to say about James Hong, okay. including that I've seen the that was it, the Dan Fogler movie, uh, Balls of Fury, the ping pong mm. movie, where he is the blind ping pong coach, which <laughs> not really not racist but um it's 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 there again another stupid movie i saw during my high school years that like burns these people in my head because it's one of my of favorite christopher walken movies it's it is absurd <laughs> in that movie he is absurd in that movie oh uh, so there it is james um, hong the the last thing uh brian i was you know um James Hong isn't uh, at the top of my list of people like I, I necessarily seek out to watch on screen, but I did discover during my research that he's born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, my hometown. I'm in Minnesota right now. I know. I'm, it's shameful, Mitch Conti. I know. It's shameful. It's shameful. And he uh, also graduated from the University of Minnesota, so he's a golden gopher. He I, is a golden goddamn gopher. I'm going to give Brian. He was going to get one, but I'm going to give him two points for that round. I have one thing um, to say to Conti. The price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, and Conti, Tilda Swinton is, I mean, she is one onto herself. She is an incredible, unique talent. Um, and so I'm giving you two points that round. And of course, you get the, the two points for the for the uh, the pop quizzes. So you got four that round. So we're, Dog. We're, oh, I know. Right. I know. You're, you're doing great. So we're coming to our number one. Um and let's go with we started with um, with Mitch the last round. Let's go with Brian. Give us your number one, please. My number one is a guy who most people outside of our uh, uh, group here, most uh, common people, be like, "Hey, I know that guy. He's that that face that pops up everywhere." Mm-hmm. He's had a pretty long spanning career. He is a co-star with Alice and Janney on Mom. He was Phil Yagoda on Entourage. He is oh. William Fickner. Look mm. at the look. Just listen to this list right here: Heat, <sighs> Contact, Armageddon, The Perfect Storm, Pearl Harbor, Black Hawk Down, Crash, The Longest Yard, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, The Dark Knight, Elysium, and it goes on and on and on. This man shows up everywhere, and he kills it every single time. He's in one scene in The Dark Knight, and it's one of the most memorable scenes of the entire movie, the prologue. Mm-hmm. It's not even part of the narrative. Mm-hmm. He's in the prologue, and he kills it with mm-hmm. like three lines. It's amazing. He yells, do you know who you're stealing from, right? And then shoots yes. a shotgun and then gets killed, and then he's like, and he does this weird you! Th- and then- he does this weird thing with his voice. He goes, you and your friends are dead. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. He says something yeah. like that. He like, modulates his voice in a weird way. And embarrassing, I'm going to admit this to the public. Uh, my girlfriend and I have finished watching Entourage all the way through for the fourth time <laughs> during quarantine, right? Yeah, it, it is. It is the show when we start fighting about shows that we have to come back and watch because it's so dumb and mind numbing and fantasy driven. Like th- that's the one we go to. And when you get to the Johnny's Bananas portions of the show where William Fickner is the producer trying to get Johnny drama a show. 
It's 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 William Fichtner, man. He's the man. <laughs> wow. I, wow. I, I, if if you uh, if if I know William Fickner as a as a close friend, I'm I'm calling him Billy Fick, right? Like you're For not calling sure. him, you know? Yeah, you're getting close. The to Fickster. Him. Um, he's you know what? He was one of the other actors on this list that I saw that um started started very late in his career. Didn't have his first film role to like 34. And from my research, I didn't see any any like theater work. Most people like work in the theater for a little bit before they go on and start doing stuff. Margot Martindale. Of course, didn't really break until she was sixty-two or fifty, whatever. I mean, it's it was same with Morgan time, Freeman. So. I mean, he was in his late forties, early fifties yeah. before driving Miss Daisy. Is Morgan Freeman like one hundred and twenty now? How old is he? Oh, he's he's. I think he's in his eighties. There, yeah, he's old. Damn. Oh my I god. I did want to. I wanted to mention Morgan Freeman too, but his his career is now just huge. But in terms of those early years, I mean, he's yeah. got some of the most amazing supportive roles ever. After yeah. after after Conti lists is number one, I think it'll be fun to go through our, our runners up here because uh, I don't want to say one in case it's on his list. But okay, I feel like William Fickner is the most character actor face. Yep, on my list, everybody got- knows who he is. Most people don't know his name. I want to give him his credit. Billy, no Fick. matter no, no matter how much he smiles, his eyes never look happy. It's they're always oh, yeah. there's yep. always pain. There's always sadness. His mm-hmm. his face is long. Um, those like, cheekbones, man. Yeah, he's he's got it going on. And then and and then the hairline. It's it starts late, but it comes in heavy. You know, with <laughs> yeah. the hair. So, but, yeah. All right, uh, Mr. Conti, our 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 wonderful guest. Please uh, finish off your list. Give us your number one non-leading actor or actress. So- you know, I'm sure it's going to have some contention, especially next to an actor like Mr. Fickner, you know, yeah. because that that is very much the epitome of character actor. But in terms of amazing support performances, I have chosen Gary Oldman. And wow. in terms of my favorite movie, it is Fifth Element. Um, I, I am a big fan of Fifth Element. I was... One of those movies I watched very young with my dad a million times because he loved the opera scene so much. And mm-hmm. me, I always enjoyed what a romp it was, what a what a fun space adventure it was. And the catalyst to this, the the villain that is driving a lot of this story is, you know, Zorg as the henchman for this all-knowing evil. And I feel like Zorg is one of those characters that is just so ruthless, so, you know, and, and so selfish that he just has, every time he is on scene, every, every time he's on screen there, you are, you, you don't care that he's doing anything bad. You you love every time he talks, every time he, he you know, turns the corner, lights a cigarette, and he says that, you know, I didn't mention what the red button did. And then that's like all he has to say. And then the explosion occurs. And like, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I know this tune. Let's change the beat. And he drops in a bomb like to, to make it like 30 seconds until the bomb comes. And like, there's just so many quotable moments of, of Zorg. And then you get into other great, I mean, you were talking about the Dark Knight earlier, Brian. And I mean, in terms of wonderful support, it is none other than Gordon you know, Commissioner Gordon, and it is it is a lot of, in terms of Christian Bale opposite of Gary Oldman, you have, again, another Stone Cold lead, just kind of like Tilda Swinton to Stephen, to, uh, to uh, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch. It is Christian Bale as Batman, and you have to have this life of 
of, of, of Gary Oldman basically saying, this is my kids. This is my wife. This is my family that is being affected. You are victim. You, you don't get to be the victim because you don't have, you're not facing the public that I am facing the public. And, and you are not supporting me the way that I need to be supported. And I feel like those performances are amazing. And again, in terms of more blockbuster hits that he only adds to the screen, you have Sirius Black in the, in the Harry Potter movies, where all of a sudden you hit that third Harry Potter movie and this <laughs> franchise changes, right? Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden you, you don't have these little kids anymore. You have them racing around on a hippogriff with Sirius Black, the, 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 the all-time murderer of the wizarding world. And I feel like only Gary Oldman is able to, uh, especially alongside Helena Bonham Carter, able to translate that craze of being kept up and, and being demented by dementors for years on end when really he is he is the he, he is a, a good person as opposed to other characters that he plays like probably most his most iconic like character actor role is in true romance and this is where he plays a white pimp off of uh, uh, a Tarantino screenplay. And he, uh, uh, what is the, the name of the, the character is uh, um, Drexel Spivy. And it's just like, <laughs> he's, he's a white pimp who thinks he's black. And it's yeah. six, it is six minutes of screen time. And it is still to this day, one of the most iconic roles that he plays. And I think we've discussed here that he likes to be the villain. He's good at being the villain. Mm-hmm. His villains have different types of depth and different depth and different types of levels to them. And mm-hmm. I think we land on probably one of my favorites, which is from Leon the Professional, where you've got Stansfield. And you, <laughs> I Love mean, it. it is everyone that is the second time that is the second time that quote has come up on this podcast so thank you for bringing it back i mean like i i think of uh i just watched community and they literally bring that Mm. quote up in different ways three times and it's just like Mm -hmm. he's just an iconic villain in that movie and his his screen time is not long in that movie but it is it it had it bears weight you know, he yeah. he is able to bear weight to his roles. Yes, I know he has had multiple leading roles. Um, I know his he's very much a Hollywood name at this time and that <laughs> everyone can recognize this name. But it, in terms of his non-leading performances, yeah. those are, are really, you know, it's childhood me, it's nostalgia me watching those movies, watching him become yeah. a better actor. And now I'm glad to see him winning for for Winston Churchill, you know, you know, like that is, I, I feel like that's what I want to see happen for these actors. Yeah. Even though um, it may not be this, this brings me to, I, I need to mention, yes, he has won an actor or excuse me, an actor, an Oscar for leading actor, um, which, you know, also, um, I also reward balls on this podcast because I like to break the rules too. So I'm, I'm, I'm not getting mad at you for that. But this brings me to my last pop quiz question. That is about Gary Oldman. What hit NBC show was he nominated for an Emmy for guest star uh, in, a, or in, a, in a guest star role? ER. Hmm. Uh, um... Uh, uh, <laughs> hit hit NBC show. There's only a couple. There's a just a giant hit. For I mean, he wasn't. On, was he on Friends? 
I literally have no idea. It was Friends. He was nominated for Friends. Yes. Really? What did he play? Yeah. Friends? Wait uh, to go, fr- Brian. You pulled that out. You won that. I'm going to have to look up the scene later because I'm super curious now. For playing a character named Richard Crosby. I have no idea what will, or where. I don't remember Friends. We will I go into the vault. Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman, 2001, he was nominated. I had a Gary Oldman uh, day not too long ago. I had the house to myself. I ate an entire box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch and I watched Air Force One. And it's one of the best quarantine days I've had so far. (laughs) So good. (laughs) It was great. Um, Get off my plane. That is wonderful. Okay, so that concludes our number ones. As I'm tallying up these scores quick, you guys, I want you to start just start talking about your 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 uh, honorable mentions that weren't mentioned here. And I'm going to jump in here. Give me a moment. I'm going to tally. Right. Conti, go first. What were some of your honorable mentions? Um, so uh, one that I really love is Giancarlo Esposito, who uh, he's on my list. Yep, runner up. He, 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 I feel like he's got a new Far Cry. Uh, he's voicing a new Far Cry game coming out. And his voice is also just so iconic. Like, you, you watch those Breaking Bad seasons. You watch those Better Call Saul ep- episodes that he's in. And he is, he's just got gravitas, you know? Yeah. Like, and his career also is super long. Looking at his filmography, it's a lot that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. But it is a long career. Um, so he was definitely one of my runner, runners up. Can I, I have, okay, I'm, I'm jumping in here. I, I tallied it up to jump on the uh, Esposito train. Definitely have to see 1990 mockumentary Bob Roberts, Tim Robbins, written and directed and starred in. He plays a, a neocon um, fake folk artist who's running for Senate in his in his uh, in his state, and Esposito plays like a conspiracy theorist hardcore progressive like trying to root him out and expose him for what he is it's fantastic and um you know uh uh it's like it's today basically it's 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 very crazy so brian sorry sorry to cut you off but keep no i'm just uh, i'm just gonna go through my list i had danny trejo gary cole jk simmons michael shannon alfred molina Octavia Spencer. Uh, baby yeah you Uh, guys no one has said steve buscemi W fucking TS. I what know. The, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Yes, there is there is there is Buscemi fatigue. I, do, do you guys I, know I, who I get, uh, I get it? Do you know by name Peter Stormare? Oh He's yeah. The guy, the guy always plays a Russian, basically. <laughs> he was in Fargo with yes, Steve Buscemi. Guy, he killed Steve, Steve Buscemi. Buscemi in Fargo, in, yeah. yeah. Uh, I said Oliver Platt was on my list there. I had Oliver Platt too. I had Jennifer wow. Coolidge. Carrie I, Coon. Which one? Carrie Coon is on my list. Gary Coon. Carrie Coon. Uh, Walton Goggins. Wow. And uh, Stephen Root. Oh, Stephen awesome. Root's. Stephen Root's great. Stephen Root's got Office a lot of credits. Is one of those just memorable characters where you're. Yeah. You're. you're he's amazing in that. He, he's he so good. Developed at that. that whole thing, and it's just. I mean. Yeah. It's amazing to see him. Me steeply. Um, you guys, I had the final scores here. Oh, so boy. I can now reveal the, the top five non-leading actors or actresses uh, matchup today was won by none other than our guest player, Mitch Conti. 15 to 14. Brian made a valiant comeback with four points in the final round. Ooh, uh, not enough. I, not enough. Mitch, I gave you two points for that last one just to make it close. Uh, oh, whoops, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but now uh, we're moving right along into uh, 
to end the show with uh, the host's Fast Five send-off, and that is the top five Depression-era cocktails for our depressive times. Number five, Milk Punch. That's right. Milk punch, baby. Everybody's favorite uncle's favorite drink. Made with whiskey, brandy, or white lightning, this is an essential here in America's sloshing dairy bucket region. Four ounces straight from the udder, three ounces of the good stuff, a pinch of sister sweetness, and three valuable drops of vanilla. Don't forget the nutmeg for a quenching post-harvest gulp. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. Taft's Tub Punch. Uh, Stuck in a tight spot, like our former president, Taft's Tub Punch will loosen you free. Uh, Made of Cincinnati's best German wood alcohol spirits, dulled with just enough fruit and black tea so you don't vomit on first contact. Taft's Tub Punch, it'll get you out of a tight spot. (laughs) Number three, the Wild Turkey. Uh, This will return you to the gambling glory days of gutter ball in the roaring 20s before the family was allowed. The recipe is simple. During your third frame on the lanes, order three balls full of your favorite paint thinner cut just enough with maple (laughs) syrup and a little water from the well next to the butcher shop for the effective amount of funk. Each bowling ball of forbidden booze should knock you over clean and leave you open to suggestions for your next one. Number two. The old back in a jiffy, a.k.a. the Tri-Stater. This is you go up for a pint of whiskey and a pack of cigarettes, and you just never go back. Okay, uh, <laughs> number one, the Marble Tuxedo. Well, that sounds nice, right? Starts with an old rusty pail, a liberal mixture of everything your dead grandma has in the back of the cabinet, alcohol made out of orange peel, tequila with a production hiccup, vodka kept in an old spam can, beer that's been chewed into by a family of desperate alcoholic mice, dump in two old bananas, and mix with a dirty spoon, and chug down in front of your in-laws. The marble tuxedo, it will get you there. And that is the top five (laughs) Depression-era cocktails we need in our depressive times. That is this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Please rate and review our show on Apple and send in your top five suggestions to bizbear.biz. And once again, we love that hearty womb. So please tell your friends about us and send your negative retorts to coolstorybro at thejoeroganexperience.com. From Bear Den Nation, headquarters has been Brian Ernst. And my favorite person with the same name. Mitch Conti. And from my vacay spot here in the Lando Lakes, I've been Mitch Brinkman. And as Biz Bear always says, please plant some flowers, folks. The bees need love, too. Auf Wiedersehen and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash ubkstudios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.